They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. These are the words of the whole house of Israel. Ezekiel is a prophet in a time when the people of God have been driven from the country God promised them. The Babylonians have come and taken the Israelites captive. They are separated from each other. They are ruled by a foreign leader, and they have no clue how to worship God. The Jews were a people facing insurmountable odds dating all the way back to their time as slaves in Egypt. It took literal acts of God to get them set free from slavery. They almost died in the desert. The Old Testament is full of story after story of wars and illness and conflict. But the people of God always knew they were chosen as his people. He dwelled with them. He cared for them. He led them into battle. And they did finally make it to the promised land. They settled down and built a city. They had an identity. They were God's people. God dwelt among the Israelites from the beginning. In Exodus, we see the Israelites construct a tabernacle, a mobile dwelling place for God. Later, Solomon built a temple where God dwelled. But as various armies attacked Israel and Judah, two separate kingdoms at the time, people were driven away from the temple, the place where God dwelled, the place where the people made the legally required sacrifices, the place where the people of God worshipped together. As they were led into this strange land, as they were separated from the temple and from one another, existential questions were raised. Could they be God's people? when they no longer inhabited the land he gave them? How could they make the appointed sacrifices or burn pleasing incense to the Lord when he was so far away? Would they ever make it back to their land, or their people, or their God? Suddenly they found themselves settled in a foreign land, and in exile. For decades they continued losing their identity. Jerusalem was burned to the ground. The temple was destroyed. The people of God were no longer a nation. They were individuals. They were alone. They were without hope. It is easy to relate to the Israelites in our current pandemic. Most of us feel displaced. We went from never being at home to feeling like prisoners in our own homes. We have been exiled from our schools and our work and our church. Our community, the people whom God gave us to love, has been stripped away. And at this point, there is no end in sight. I don't know about you, but I have certainly gone through some periods lately where I am losing hope, when I don't know if life will ever be the same, where I have grieved the loss of my normal. This morning, we heard that Jesus arrived in Bethany after Lazarus had died. His sisters, Mary and Martha, and other mourners are present and weeping, as one often does when grieving. They tell Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus does not rebuke them for lashing out or for mourning when they know Jesus is the worker of miracles. Instead, Jesus is moved by their pain, and he weeps too. It is not silly to feel sad, or hurt, or lonely, or hopeless, or scared in our world right now. 
It is not silly to grieve the loss of our normal life before this pandemic. It is not silly to mourn lost proms or graduations or weddings or even the opportunity to have proper funerals. Like the psalmist this morning, out of the depths, many of us are calling to the Lord. And I think Jesus feels our anxieties, our concerns, our fear, our sadness, our grief, our frustration, and our impatience. He does not rebuke us or chalk it up to lack of faith. He is moved by it and weeps alongside us. He is with us in this place of uncertainty and waiting. And he also is where we find our hope. In Ezekiel, the nation of Israel is essentially dead. Judah and Israel had already split. But this period of captivity by the Babylonians was the nail in the coffin. The people were forced to live among strangers and pick up strange customs. They would marry foreign women and men, and their culture, their lineage, the generations promised to Abraham, would be lost forever. The people of Israel were the dry bones in the valley, without a bit of flesh on them. But our God is a God of resurrection. Our God is a God of unthinkable power. And our God is a God of hope. God uses Ezekiel and tells him to prophesy to the bones. And with a little rattling, the bones are knit together. Flesh appears upon them. Skin covers them. And then the Lord commands Ezekiel to prophesy again. And air becomes breath, ruah, spirit, filling these once dry bones with life. We are going through a period of exile. We are away from our temple. We are away from the beloved people of God. And we have no clue when this time might end. But what we can be assured of is that God is always with us. God is working through us. And God will breathe new life into us. Our God takes times of despair and anguish and death and breathes new life into them. Our God takes a man that has been claimed by death and he resurrects him. Our God takes individuals and makes them a nation, a family, and a church. Our psalm today is a psalm of expectation and hope and patience. A reminder that this too shall pass. Mercy and grace from the Lord is plentiful. And right now we need to hold on to hope. The hope we have in the God of abundant life who breathes life into dry bones. The hope we have in Jesus Christ who breathed new life into Lazarus. And the hope in our Lord who rose from the dead in order to defeat death once and for all. Holding on to that hope, we can find patience in this season. This season of desert and darkness and death. Because our God is one of living water and light and resurrection. Place your hope in the God of new life. Know that his grace and spirit is overwhelming. And repeat the words of our psalmist. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits for him. In his word is my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning.